The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. In those days, Mary set out and went to, with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt with joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and His holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled with the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The story we hear today of Elizabeth and Mary comes in Luke's telling of the birth narrative. And I don't know if you know this or if you've if you were to read the Gospels uh, and looked at the birth narratives, you would see that Luke has a birth story and Matthew has a completely different birth story. And around Christmas time, we, we mesh them all together and so it looks like one story. But really, if you read them separately, you can see major differences. For example, in Matthew, the angel appears to Joseph... And there's this big controversy about Joseph, whether he should, you know, marry, uh, marry, marry or not, uh, and whether he's going to kind of let her go and, quietly so as not to shame her. But there's this big conundrum in Joseph's life until the angel appears to him and, and tells him. And, and Mary, Mary's hardly mentioned in Matthew. In Luke, we get all about Mary. It's all about Mary. Mary. The Gabriel appears to Mary and says, you are blessed. Uh, God has shown you favor and you will be with child. And she is shocked by that because she's a virgin. <laughs> uh, in, uh, in the Bible, uh, people, remarkable people are always born out of remarkable circumstances. And uh, for example... Uh, Octavian is said to have been born by the relations if, uh, between Atia, his mother, and the god, uh, the Roman god Apollo, and that produced Octavian, who later becomes uh, uh, Caesar Augustus uh, after beating Mark Antony. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but you know, so he's you know the product of the merger, if you will, <laughs> keeping it PG thirteen, uh, the merger between a god and a human being, Atia, and therefore he's you know he's divine. 
in this regard. How much more spectacular is it that Jesus was born of a virgin, not by that the same way, but through what we call immaculate conception. So it's kind of this one, in Luke, it's kind of this one-upsmanship of, you think Caesar is so great, look at Jesus. And what else is remarkable about this story is this, uh, but, you know, uh, Mary, who agrees to this, says, yes, whatever, whatever God wants, I'm up for it. And Mary is not some great princess, not someone who's born into a, uh, an influential household, not someone who's born to wealth or influence. She is a poor child in some backwater town that no one's really spent any time in. She is, she is nobody. And yet, Luke tells us that she is going to bear the Messiah. And there is no controversy in this. There's no uh, conundrum on the part of Joseph. We're just told that Joseph packs her up and takes her to Bethlehem because of the census. Uh, so it's, it's kind of funny. I encourage you to read the birth narrative separately and see all the differences that are going on there. But anyway, our text today... Mary gets this news, and she immediately runs to visit her favorite aunt, uh, as we all have, uh, you know, at various times, go to those people who we trust the most. And, you know, this isn't an unfamiliar story. Teenage girl gets pregnant. Who's she going to run to? That person she trusts the most. In this case, it's her Aunt Elizabeth, and she runs to her, and when Elizabeth sees Mary, John, the child in Elizabeth's womb, which is also a child born out of remarkable circumstances, as the Bible would have it, uh, leaps in her womb, and Elizabeth is elated. And I think that offers some relief to Mary. When she sees that Elizabeth is, is elated, I can almost feel Mary's blood pressure go down and her anxiety go down a little bit. Oh, you know, Elizabeth always has the right thing to say and the right attitude and makes me feel better about what's going on. And we come to this place and this is where we hear the mag- what we call the Magnificat, which is Mary's, Mary's beautiful song. And it it's probably was a, a, an old hymn that was sung in the early church or even in the early Jewish tradition that was, that was put in the, by Luke in the lips of Mary. And she says this, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for He has looked with favor on the lowliest of His servants. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed for the Mighty One has done great things for me and, the whole, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts and their heart of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham 
and to, the descend, to His descendants forever. And what is Mary telling us in this? The, the birth narrative in both Matthew and Luke serves as kind of an overture of what the Gospel is about. And what Mary has offered us in this song, in this beautiful poem, is a nutshell of what the Gospel is about. And what is the Gospel about? It is about liberation. It is about transformation. It is about turning the world upside down and messing everything up where the rich are brought down to the rightful place and the lowly are lifted up to the high places where those who think they have everything are left with nothing and those who have nothing are given everything. And it's this big reversal that happens Uh, in the kingdom of God to show what a contrast the kingdom of God is to the world we live in now. And it is about liberation. Liberation of those who have been oppressed, those who have been shoved away, those who have been exploited and marginalized, those who have experienced violence. And Luke is writing at a time when there are people who are experiencing violence and oppression and who are on the margins. And Luke is saying on the lips of Mary that Jesus has come to break those chains and to liberate you from the chains of this world and bring you into the kingdom of God where things are completely upside down, where a lowly young lady outside of wedlock gives birth What a strange world Jesus talks about. And it's not just that kind of liberation too, but it comes to liberate us from our guilt and our shame. All of those things that we lug around, the guilt of things that we have done. Jesus says, "Ah, talk to me, I'll forgive you. And we can start over. Talk to me about all those things that you think are so insurmountable that you can't change, that you can't be transformed, that you can't move in a different direction. Talk to me and we'll do it together. Don't let the sins of your past ruin your future, Jesus says. Let me free you and liberate you from that guilt and that shame. And you can find a new way and a new day. Not only that, but the guilt and the shame and the, and the, the, the burdens that we carry around. Not, of the things we've, not only of the things that we've done, but the things that have been done to us. Many of us have been beat up pretty hard, haven't we? Many of us are carrying around the scars of things that have happened to us. And Jesus says, don't let that hold you back. Don't let that define you. You are not just the things that have happened to you. You are not just your sorrows. You are not just those those abuses that have come your way. You are more than that. You are my beloved, wonderful child, worthy of my love, no matter what you've heard from anyone else. Lay that burden down and be freed of that. Be liberated so that you can walk in the light of the love of God. Amen? Amen. We are called to be freed of our bondages. And Mary gives us a preview of all that Jesus has in store for us in this wonderful telling, uh, this wonderful song 
that she sings. She says, when Jesus comes, when Jesus is invited into the world, when Jesus breaks into the world and into our hearts, what he offers us is liberation and empowerment and all that we need to experience the fullness of life and all that we need to usher in, to live into, to, to be a manifestation of God's kingdom. God, uh, through Christ, not only liberates us from our guilt, but puts control back in our hands. says, I know it feels like the world is crushing down on you and that you have no options. But the whole of the gospel says, no, you know what? They don't control me. God is in charge. Rome doesn't run the world. God runs the world. And just to prove it, Rome does its damnedest to stop God by nailing His Son on a cross. And God says, no, that's not the end of the story. Amen? Sunday morning... Jesus rises from the dead as if to say, I know you think you're in control, but God is in control. And Mary makes that point right here at the very beginning. That you think the rich are powerful, but no, the lowly are powerful. You think that those who rule now have all the say? No, they will be denied that and God will lift us up. And so uh, as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ again, we are invited to embrace all that that means for ourselves and for the world around us. And what Mary is telling us today is that means liberation. Liberation. For me and you on an individual level, for me and you as the church, for me and you, as the people of God and all of humanity. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, as we hear this message of liberation coming on the lips of Mary and Luke, as she sings her song of joy at all that God is about to do in this story, we live it out again as we come into this time of celebration of who Jesus is in the world, and as Jesus is reborn in our hearts, may we feel that sense of liberation, that sense of empowerment. May we always know that you call the shots and you have the last word. Thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.